0: Hello everybody. Uh, this is Vivek Astikar. I'm decision scientist by profession, and uh, today we are going to discuss about uh, the topic uh, China. How did China become one of the uh, major factories of the world? How did China become one of the major manufacturing hubs of the world? Uh, with me, I have uh, my dearest friend and my colleague uh, A.V. Arvind. So, uh, being... hey everyone. This is Arvind. Yes. Welcome, Arvind. So today we'll have a, a very brief discussion on uh, that topic. And uh, before that, I just want to put a disclaimer that we are not professionals, neither we are any kind of analysts, we are just common citizens like you, uh, who discuss over a lot of things over a cup of coffee uh, on an uh, evening. So, so we might not know all the things, so we don't claim to know all the things. This is just our normal conversations based on the sources uh, that we read and based on the lot of YouTube, other YouTube videos that we watch so without uh, wasting further time so let us begin i just i just wanted to start with the history of china like like how we follow democracy uh, in india by the by the people of the people for the people so uh, china follows uh, china china follows certain form of communism right uh, if i am not wrong uh, if i am not wrong uh, uh, i think his name was mao Tung, like how stalin was the dictator in russia Mao Tung was considered as the founder of a uh, communist party, which is CCP in China, and he uh, uh, is considered to be the dictator. So, I just I just want uh, Arvind you to tell me what are the principles of communism? Uh, what exactly happens in communism? So,
1: uh, there are uh, communism is mostly a form of uh, is mostly an economic model uh, where uh, the uh, production uh, the uh, there are two parties i should say not parties maybe two sides uh, one is the uh, proletariat and one is the uh, uh okay. these uh, the bourgeoisie controls the means of production and uh, the proletariat wants to control it that is uh, that is how we establish so in the end end goal of communism is uh, there should be no Person who owns, there should be no private ownership. Uh, The government owns uh, everything. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it goes on like that. That is that is also yeah. So capital in capitalism, there is private ownership. Private ownership is like a major part of uh, capitalism. Okay. Uh, But in communism, uh, the state owns the means of production. So there is no individual ownership uh, in uh, this. So, there is no one owner for one factory. It is all owned by the laborers and things like that. Okay. That is what communism is, according to uh, Marxist teachings. Uh,
0: this uh, whole idea of capitalism, uh, okay. correct me if I am wrong, capitalism is nothing but uh, giving the entire project to the entire work into the hands of private companies so that they can make profit. Right? It, it is also, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can, we can also call it. A form of privatization.
1: It is privatization. It is the entire the capitalism and its entire principle is uh, free market based. What? Uh...
0: Okay, exactly. Now we establish that China is a capitalistic country along with the communism principle at the core. Now, uh, after establishing this, we can see mm. that the entire happenings of the country is uh, controlled by the Chinese government. The land is owned by the government, the electricity is owned by the government, the banks are owned by the government. So there's no room for common people. Like, for example, we can own a piece of land in India. So that is not the case in China. If you want to land as a corporation to run your organization, then you need to get it on a lease for a certain period of time. So the, the, entire, the entire gravity of control is with the Chinese government, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is, um, yeah, it is like that. Uh, recently, they, have, they might have bought uh, uh, principles of, see, for example, the land ownership uh, thing, uh, it is actually, uh, once you own the land, owned in courts actually, but once you own the land, it is yours for, uh, I guess, around 100 years. So that way they have introduced a lot of these liberal policies, but then I don't think they're following such a policy. Basically, it is just there for namesake is what i am i got uh, is what i searched for and i got the information regarding that
0: okay okay uh, okay that's good so i the, did not know about that they had some liberal laws or not because as per as per my they had laws uh, only in name uh, it's not actually followed exactly okay like we have so many laws in, the, in our constitution definitely yeah sake. exactly and uh, if Very i com- if i compare the gdp figures of india and china around 1986 uh, more or less, approximately, our GDP was the same. China's GDP was around 248 uh, trillion or something. Trillion billion, I'm not sure what we can search about it. 248 was the figure, and India's figure was not far behind, I think 246 or 247 dollars. So, where did you see this leap happen where China, uh, in a span of 20 to 30 years, they just they changed the entire game? We are just behind. How did that happen?
1: It's a very complicated. I would attribute some of these uh, success to the Communist Party, but there is a lot of things in play. You should answer that, I guess. Okay. We've
0: okay. We had a lot of issues. Okay. I okay. Thanks so that. Okay. To start with, what uh, this? Uh, what is his name? I always forget his name, man. Uh-huh. What was the second, second guy? Second guy's name. The second. Uh, second.
1: Xiaoping. Um, like Xiaoping. Xiaoping.
0: Okay, guys, uh, like whoever is listening, I will call this Xiaoping as X because I will not, uh, because it's very difficult to pronounce his name. So, what this X, this guy X did is uh, he opened up the borders of China uh, following the core principles of capitalism to start with. Uh, uh, I think Shenzhen was the city at the borders of China. He opened Shenzhen and encouraged uh, the outside companies to put up their manufacturing units, and he created a cluster of cities wherein let us say they are manufacturing a mobile phone. A mobile phone requires a lot of parts. You need to manufacture the screen, you need to manufacture the mechanical part of it. So they started, they started creating those special economic zones where companies can come in and start investing. And he created a cluster of cities. Suppose if one city manufactured the screens of the mobile, another city was given the task of manufacturing the backcase. case. Like that, he created clusters of special economic zones so that they can start producing each and every material at scale. Uh, I, I'll give you an example, okay? Uh, Foxconn is the famous producer of uh, all the mobile phones, if, if I'm not wrong. Foxconn, Foxconn, yeah. another company that they produce all the major mobile phones. I think 70% of the world's mobile phones are produced. there. Uh, I'll give you an example. In Shenzhen, Foxconn has its headquarters. All the major mobile phones that we use, uh, Microsoft, Apple, and uh, Triomi you and know, all—they are produced by Foxconn. Foxconn, Foxconn alone has 800,000 uh, 800, employees working. Can you imagine that?
1: Yeah.
0: Only Foxconn factory has eight hundred thousand people working. So they are producing at that scale. And 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 China's uh, Chinese USP is its scale. China beats the market with its scale. It doesn't care about the uh, it doesn't care about quality. Uh, the quality, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it rules out the quality factor, but scale scale is the USP. They beat the market with the scale because what scale makes is um, it makes you compete with your competitors at uh, at very less price. You'll beat the pricing index. I think the strong reason for this is uh, the communist ideology itself. Because if you see communism as a uh, economic proper economic plan, then it is production based. Uh, it is production based scheme, right? It is not. It is not consumption yeah. based scheme. Uh,
1: production based, yeah, you can see that, I guess.
0: Production based scheme, and this this was at their heart. Like their entire goal was to produce, just produce. Whereas, India's India's uh, policies are consumption based. India is not a production-based economy. India is consumption-based economy. We import 400 but, billion uh, worth of goods from China. We import what do you call it? Uh, defense system from Russia and all other uh, countries and whatnot. So there, there. Well, exists, how
1: do you, how do you exactly. define a production-based and a consumption-based? Like, what you. is the difference?
0: I'll give you an yeah. example. Okay. In production-based, what happens? Uh, in India, uh, if you want to buy a home. Or uh, let let us not talk about home. Uh, In India, the uh, normal rate of interest that you will get on a principal bond that you keep in the bank account is three to four percent for savings bank account. And for FD, you will get eight to nine percent. Whereas, if you if you take the loan for working capital for your company, that is much more than the savings account interest rate. You will have to pay more than ten percent okay so this is where you're discouraging the people who are who want to start with the new startup or, or the company whereas in China what happens they nearly give you one to two percent of interest on your saving bank account okay so they don't give you the uh, lavish interest rates for the money that you keep in bank because they want to put it in use they don't want to lose money uh, by giving to the customers and in interests whereas if you want to avail capital for starting a business in China they will give you a three to four percent which is much, much lesser than India. So when I talk about production-based policies, this is the difference. These are the kind of policies that you form, wherein where you will put the figures in such a way, uh, <clears throat> such a way so that they are production uh, friendly, wherein you can start your company, you can start producing, whereas in India it is opposite. You got You You got my idea, right? Yeah. 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 So- so their entire policy system is in accordance with this production-based idea. Whereas they keep in mind how can they make it easy for uh, producing goods. And let it be the hardcore mechanical industry like steel or cement or construction materials, or let it be electronics. This is how they go, this is how they perceive things. Mm. And and this perception comes from the capitalism and communism um, idealism that they follow. the heart so this is where we differ now this has its own advantages that China is already uh, that China is already availing and it has its own disadvantages in the uh, future and one more thing is uh, in China what happens is the entire uh, the entire power of control resides with the government so uh, in india if you want to put up a company what happens is that you need to take permission from multiple governments first you need to consult the central then you go to uh, then you go to the state then you go to the novel uh, municipality whatever it is so there's no there's no uniform system or there's no guarantee there's no guarantee of a uh, in uh, non corrupt system wherein you will be served with your interests uh, which is dead opposite in china In China, everything resides with the government because government has control over the land. So you can communicate each and everything with the government and get it done. Whereas in India, the power flows, there's distribution of power, while there is distribution of power, there is bureaucrats, there are bureaucrats that are working in between. So those bureaucrats make the system corrupt. That is where your bribe thing and all this happens. And this causes this causes much delay, and this causes uh, uh, lesser output, lesser output even if you if you want to start. So, what do you think? Do you think the bureaucracy system of the India is one of the core problems where China rules it out?
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. Because uh, again, as you said, China is like uh, almost like a dictatorship. you can say. In terms of how the government controls everything, the government can order you to, uh, the government has specific interests and the people should fit their interests into, fit their own interests into the government's interests so that it can develop, so to speak.
0: Okay. So and that I, and way, I... uh,
1: what, whatever the government uh, chooses to concentrate on, they can completely uh, uh, like focus completely on the, say, on the
0: thing whatever they do. And, and wh- why is that not happening in India? Why are we not able to create a single system or make bureaucratic system more efficient so that the outside companies can come and put up their manufacturing units? Uh,
1: single system, when you talk about single system, you mm-hmm. say... Uh,
0: um, See, when I when I'm not right. talk about yeah. a single window system, there mm-hmm. needs to be a team that needs to assure the company which is coming into India. Let us say, I'm company let's say i'm microsoft if i want to come into india i will have my own fears the first one is will i get the land or not will i get the electricity at the best price will i get the utility at the best price um, will i have to pay the tax uh, for this what about the changing tax regimes so i need some sort of assurance and i also i also need proper uh, support from the government so right uh, right now, if you want to get that kind of assurance, you need to consult multiple institutions of India. There's no single institution that will give you all. Like if we uh, if we imagine ourselves as a product-based company, we don't have a package wherein we can offer uh, to the client. Uh, saying that this is our package, just subscribe to it. You'll get it. You'll have your manufacturing unit in India. That is not that
1: Yeah, would won't, won't it be very difficult for see? For example, multiple different uh, companies. Different companies have different needs, right? So uh, you're telling we have to cater to uh, all these things. So we have to if there is a single window system, that single window system has to cater to multiple companies' needs which are very vastly different a production company is a production company's needs are very different from a service company's needs an automobile uh company is needs are completely different from uh, anything else things like that so how do you solve that problem
0: uh, when i talk about the single window system what i'm essentially talking about is the process or the procedure that you or the team that you set so that multiple companies can come in of course you will have different companies and different requirements. That is where these teams work, right? If you create, uh, you, if you create certain modules uh, inside this team, let us call this investment onboarding team. Uh, okay. Now, what is the task of investment onboarding team? Let us say I am the prime minister of India. I will tell I want the complete manufacturing unit of Apple out of China and in India, and give me ten things of list, uh, ten lists, ten things mm-hmm. that I need to follow so that I need I can bring Apple in India. So these guys will have multiple meetings uh, with Apple, now Apple will have their own demands. Now Apple will have, I need this, I need this, I need, I need tax ex- exemption, I need skilled workforce. So now you have the 10 points. Now you set up a team according to that uh, 10 points, work it out on that. Whatever the, w- whatever the demands of the Apple are, you just try to fulfill that because no company will come in to India without the assurance. Where is the assurance? Because uh, assurance is needed on all the front. Assurance is needed from multiple government institutions. It is needed on the change in tax regime because we need to tax-proof ta- tax-proof companies, right? Because companies yeah. fear for the changing tax regime. Because right now it is 10 percent. After two years, I will say as a government, and you need to pay 30 percent. That might happen at that point of time. They have to pay. Hmm. So that might happen. Changing rules, and uh, there's. Uh, there's a lot of development needed in infrastructure as well i think we'll take up it uh, will take it up next so these are the things that this team need to work according to different clients according to different clients it doesn't matter whether the cement company is coming or the proper mechanical hardware company is coming or electronics companies are coming you you can define the industry standards which industry are we going to work with and whatever the company is coming in provide them the services so if you have the service and the guarantee from the government then why why wouldn't a companies
1: come? What about the corruption problem? Then, like, uh, I'm just thinking, if there is a single vendor system, would it be easily
0: uh, like prone to corruption? I wouldn't say there would be zero corruption, but the corruption would be reduced because the current system is most corrupt system. I, I, I'll give you an example. Uh, prime minister's office or the cabinet ministers' office, what they do is they just they just make the law. They just have the vision. And then that vision is propelled or or you can see then that vision trigger trickles down to the second or third level employees, whoever it is. And ultimately that vision has to be executed by bureaucrats. Bureaucrats are the hmm. sarkari karamchari or whoever is working in the government office. For that matter, IAS, IPS, all these are bureaucrats. So I'm not saying all bureaucrats are bad, but when this vision flows down to the, in the uh, to the hands of bureaucrat. Now, bureaucrat has all the power. What he can do is, he can make your file stop. Okay, mm. because uh, if you want to put up a company in India, they ultimately need signatures of all these bureaucrats. Mm. Now, these bureaucrats will not sign because they just want their piece of share. They will they will ask bribe. The Companies need to bribe these bureaucrats, and uh, instead of that needs to be a separate team that directly reports, reports to the PMO. That should uh, con- uh, that should include people from all the sectors so that they can provide service to uh, uh, companies that are coming uh, to India from China.
1: Okay, when you say directly report to the PM, uh, you mean
0: to okay, yeah. Yeah, I, think I got it. This idea can be improvised, but the point I'm trying to make is there needs mm-hmm. to be there needs to be some point of contact, right? There needs yeah. be a single point of contact where i can get all the information because right now if, if i'm the company that I, I want to put my manufacturing unit in india there's no single point of contact and and, and the second issue is infrastructure of course yeah infrastructure uh, i
1: see infrastructure in china was able to develop so much because Again, ultimately it falls down to the system that they follow, the economic system that they follow, which is communism, basically. Mm-hmm. Also uh, the dictatorship, the similar to dictatorship model. In India, it is different. You have to, again, the bureaucracy thing that you spoke about comes into effect. You have to go through multiple amount of people to get one thing done.
0: Mm-hmm. So I was just reading, I just found out that if you are a road contractor in China, And if you are given a period of three years, and if the road gets damaged within that period, then you'll be backlisted for the entire life. You cannot get another contract to build a road. Yeah. So they're having that kind of policies. Do you think we can bring that kind of policies in India? Uh,
1: I don't think it is possible uh, with the current. I don't know. See, maybe because... uh, the, the, that does not happen in india because you can't blacklist a person i'm not sure if you can blacklist a person in india can you blacklist a person in india
0: of course we can be black, blacklisters uh, uh, as it employees we have they have some we have some uh, central database wherein if we if the record if our uh, record of performance is not good or if we violate any of the company rules they can blacklist us blacklist us. So why can't
1: that be done in the overall, like other, uh, what to
0: say, Uh, other fields?
1: Yeah, other fields. Any other field?
0: Oh, because the culprit wants to save the culprit. That is the case. (laughs) There is also part of there is also part of system, right? Uh, Infrastructure projects get halted because of this five-year tenure. Some government, uh, let us say now we have Modi government. Modi government has taken up a project. Five years are over now. Then the next government will come. It will have its own share of ideas. They will start doing something. So there's yeah, but you can't say
1: you can't say you can't tell us to extend to ten years or something. No, because that will become more uh, dictatorship-like. Should be democratic.
0: Nah, that is what has happened in China because Xi Jinping has announced himself as the president until his death. And people have accepted that.
1: People have accepted. We don't know if people have accepted this. That is the thing, right?
0: I mean, of course, there are protests, but, but his party members, like, uh, he passed his own law. Right now, he's sitting on the throne forever.
1: <laughs> that is why I frequently call it dictatorship. It's close to a dictatorship model.
0: And and one more thing is, uh, China rarely spends on R&D and innovation. Of course, they do spend, but the major of their project, uh, major of their expenditure, if I mm-hmm. may put it that way, goes into production. They don't spend on R&D and innovation. That is done by Western countries. That is, that is the model of Western countries, where US, Germany, and all these countries, they invest on innovation and R&D. What just China does is China copies that. And what China does is China is export and reverse engineering. They will take the product, they will start digging backwards, they will set up a manufacturing unit, and uh, they will manufacture millions of those, and they will hit the market of Western markets, winning the market. That's what they do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the, because of the Chinese products, uh, yeah, it has a very infamous uh, uh, reputation
0: also, right?
1: Chinese products.
0: Exactly. China's uh, game is manufacturing, of course, but it's not manufacturing from the scratch. What they do is they input semi manufactured goods from uh, other countries. Like uh, in South Korea, we have Samsung, if I'm not wrong. Mm. Right. Yeah. Uh, Sony is, is from Japan, I guess. Japan, yeah. Uh, Suzuki is also from Japan. Mm. See, See, the innovation is happening in these countries. Innovation is happening in Western countries and innovation is happening in countries like Japan and South Korea, but still the production happens in China because uh, because cheap labor, cheap labor, cheap labor and the skill set, the skill set of workforce is well, Chinese, uh, Chinese workforce is very productive in the sense Mm. they have, they have had so much experience in terms of manufacturing, because if you're handling manufacturing at that scale, you need you need to have experience to operate those machines or, or or any skills with your own hands per se. You need to have experience to produce at that scale. I think that experience is being propagated from the last three generations in China. That is what India is missing. How do you propose to
1: do that in India? Like, how do you propose to implement that in India?
0: In India, what can be done is I'm not sure this might be a vague solution. We being decision scientists, we do something called as churn prediction, right? Where we predict which customer might leave the company in certain period uh, after some period. So what we can do is we can predict which companies coming out of China due to this pandemic and all this uh, crisis that has happened in next 5 to 10 years because no company wants to keep uh, its uh, uh, entire eggs in only one basket. Of course, they want to move out of China.
1: Yeah, they if we can neighbors.
0: predict if we can predict which companies coming out of china and if we can list them out and start training our workforce on that let us say there is a steel manufacturing company that is churning out of china now how can we how can we how can he, how can we keep certain set of work uh, certain set of workforce or labors per se uh, which uh already which already uh, possesses The skills of producing steel why can't we be ready even before the company churns out to india because then the sales then the sales pitch will be better we can say the churning company that we already have the workforce with uh, the skill sets so we can come in and we can start working you can of course you can tailor them according to your needs but we can start manufacturing
1: one thought between so what if uh don't you would you wouldn't you say that uh, there'll be a lot of overhead costs. Like for example, you ch- you do the churn analysis or whatever, you mm. get a list of companies that are coming into India from China or a list of companies that are coming out of China and mm-hmm. so you want to concentrate efforts on p- particular companies. But what if those companies don't come? The money that you're wasted uh, having uh, training the skills, training or getting the skill set f- to the users will be money wasted,
0: right? No, it'll not be money wasted, I'll tell you. Because... Because one or the other day we have to be player in the market wherein we need to manufacture uh, the mechanical stuff and the electronic stuff. One on a one or the other day you need to you need to start somewhere, right? You need to start somewhere. For that, skill sets are very important. And if you want to compete with the skill sets of Chinese workforce, which is very productive, you need to start somewhere. In the mean way, we can use uh, this point of training and having the skill sets as a sales pitch. But ultimately, even if the company doesn't come to India, still we can develop the skill sets of the people, right? Or oh, the entire informal sector that is there in India. We need to tap in that. And those workforce, those labors, we, uh, we might consider them as near-illiterates because they just know how to read and write. But we need to start start somewhere and start teaching them those manufacturing skills. I'm sure something is happening, the skill development program in the government, but I I don't see it happening for that kind of scale, wherein uh, we can start manufacturing some 100 million or 200 million worth of goods within a month. That is not happening. That has to be there in the more efficient way, as per my knowledge, or uh, if there are any other good skill development that is already happening, we might need to read that. And one more thing is... uh, due to communism china's Mm. government and corporates they always work in harmony wherever wherever the project that they need to pick up what they do is they are on the same team xi jinping and jack ma are on the same team so they will operate Mm. as the same team they will make the sale as the same team they will bring in the company and they will uh, they will they will work in harmony that is not possible in india if, if tomorrow Modi starts collaborating with Ambani or Mukesh Ambani, then the opposition party will come up and start pointing fingers at him. So that is not possible in mm-hmm. India.
1: Wait, how do they solve the, uh, if, they, if you say they are on the same team, like, mm-hmm. what about the uh, competition there?
0: Competition is there, China doesn't stop entrepreneurship, it promotes entrepreneurship, it gives you all the freedom wherein you can put up your startup and you can do a lot of things. But when you need when you need when you are having deals let us say uh, Alibaba for example take Alibaba Alibaba has a lot of deals with Amazon even it sells some products uh, to international uh, clients wherein they need to have a lot of tie-ups right mm-hmm. there, there the government collaborates with the, uh, uh, Alibaba they work in collaboration wherein uh, if uh, here what happens in India if you want to start a uh, multiple uh, multiple conglomerate or something like that. Here the government itself discourages. Let us say I'm a businessman. First I need to get 10 permissions from my government and then I need to get uh, then I need to sell the idea to my client that I'm ha- that I'm going to have partnership with. Here only the struggle starts. But in China that is not the case. China already has all the solutions. Okay you want to you you want to form association with outside companies okay we will help you. Uh, you, we will help you, we will work with you. We can work as the same team and we, we can get you the corporate, uh, whatever the association need. In no way, China is perfect, but still we can replicate their infrastructure model and their economic zone model, wherein we can construct a lot of cluster of cities for the manufacturing purpose. And uh, I think we need to start serving our own market with our own production instead of be dependent on a lot of imports. That is where the, that is where this exact, uh, all concept of fiscal deficit comes in, right? Because we are importing more and exporting less. That needs to reduce. Mm-hmm. So that's all we have, I think, for this discussion. I think that's it.
1: Again, we are not any experts in the topic.
0: Of course, so we, are we are not excuse experts. Excuses. us, we excuse us
1: to- if there are any mistakes
0: yes we wish to learn we, ne- we wish to keep learning if we have if if we are talking anything bullshit then that can that can be left in the comments we are more than happy to accept that and learn from that so we are signing off so thank you Owen, for the time and maybe we'll come up thank with you. another topic for another time thank you yeah thank you good night
1: good night